you know we're stir crazy when Andy starts organizing things. <laughs> the man has many virtues, but cleaning and organizing, it's just not his thing. Welcome to the 15 Minutes from Quarantine podcast, a daily dose of dry humor from two Americans living in the heart of Europe, hosted by January Newbanks and Tassie Gibson. Before we get to the good stuff, I just wanted to make a few comments about today's episode. First, we were working with a slowed Wi-Fi connection, as I'm sure every person in the Czech Republic is no doubt simultaneously streaming Netflix. So unless we want to record in the wee hours, we may from time to time encounter technical difficulties. There are some lips in the audio today, but hang in there with us as we figure this out and I promise it'll get better. Secondly, because we couldn't tell how much of our audio was actually recording at times, we had some difficulties keeping track of time, so this episode runs a bit long. We'll just say 15 minutes is our goal, because we're both talkers, and I doubt this is the last time we'll go over. We hope you'll hang with us anyway. That's it. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, hello! Hi! How are you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you? pretty good i'm a little bit uh climbing the walls but but i got out got some fresh air today so that's good it's only day two stay strong well well, technically (laughs) it's day two but like i left the house officially last thursday to go to ikea of all places That is not self-isolation or social distancing. (laughs) No, well, well, I mean, the mandate wasn't there then. Um, But yeah, I left left last Thursday to go to Ikea. And I haven't really, other than going to the doctor once um, for something completely not uh, coronavirus related, FYI. I haven't left the house. Like, really, I've gone for walks with Gus, but I haven't done anything social or been around other humans. And I haven't been on public transportation since last Thursday. So you're Thursday. really feeling it, yeah. Yeah, so it's been, like, over a week for me. Oh, my gosh. I know. So I thought we'd start the episode with some bullet points about our experience in isolation, speaking of having left the house since and you're all out and about I'm jealous um (laughs) (laughs) and Lucy's been home last Monday so yeah it's going on a week yeah so it's yeah we've we've been together there's a lot of together time Lucy is not good at practicing social distancing It's one of the things I love about your kid. <laughs> I know. She's like a little like koala. She just yes. <laughs> climbs on you and hangs. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought it would be fun to start each episode with a few bullet points of just our experience in quarantine and whatever form that's taking for both of us. So since we have kind of different approaches to how we're handling this based on what we can do and work right. and all that kind of stuff. So today is Saturday. So today is Saturday. a little bit of a different, different weekend vibe, because as we were saying a little bit yesterday, we're trying to keep our weeks, actual work weeks. Um, so actually yeah, like have, have a rhythm. A mm-hmm. Okay. So my bullet points, I haven't worn deodorant for at least five days. 
Uh, because I figure there's no reason to risk armpit cancer when no one can Andy has no Andy has no sense of smell. <laughs> and my kid, you know, is a kid, so she's like dirty and smelly all the time. So, um, so I've just decided to forego deodorant altogether. Uh, I think that kind of is is going for makeup and and most things really. Like my hair is kind of I'm doing my hair. I'm showering. I will make that clear. <laughs> I'm showering. <laughs> Thank you. We would find out about But I'm not like wearing makeup. I'm not like wearing donuts. Um, I think Andy's gonna start adding Xanax sprinkles to my food because. Because I get, like, my anxiety is triggered by, like, loud noises or continuous noises or annoying noises. And having, like, even though I only have one kid, um, having Lucy in the house all the time, Andy in the house all the time, when I'm kind of used to it being quiet and sitting in my little office and writing or painting, um, it's very, it's a, it's a different experience. So, yeah, there's that. Has that. To be an adjustment. Yeah, I saw there's like literally nobody ever on the balcony, the rooftop balcony that's across the courtyard from my uh-huh. flat. And today there were like two 10, 11 year old boys, like maybe nine to 11. And they were like hitting each other with sticks. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, that mom has given up. <laughs> she sent her children to the roof to just beat the crap out of each other. Nice. And hope that they'll come back. Tamer. Uh, but yeah, that's probably my my three bullet points for today. What about you? Nice. So, um, wow. My first bullet point would be: it takes a village to raise a child or a dog. Uh, <laughs> since I don't have a dog, I mean, since I don't have kids, I have a dog. Um, I'm babysitting. Actually, I'm dog sitting for my friend Veronica's dog because. Um, due to the nature of the coronavirus emergency, uh, she needed to move house immediately. So, um, not because her flat has any kind of like coronavirus, but she, she just needed to move. Um, so I'm babysitting the dog. So that's fun. I have two dogs right now. Um, I think that I am in training for a job with Secret Service because I have binge watched so many Agatha Christie <laughs> movies <laughs> that, that I can definitely solve any murder out there. Um, There's Agatha Christie movies? Yeah, the Hercule Poirot series from uh, ITV. Oh my gosh, it's addicting. Familiar. I'll send you some links. Um, and... Man, my flat is clean. I get <laughs> obsessive compulsive and just can't stop. So, like, minus getting the toothbrush out and doing the tiles, I have done just about <laughs> everything possible in this apartment. Yeah, and and just, you know, for those listening who haven't seen Tassie's flat, it's not, it's not a large space. So no. <laughs> there's only so much you can do. It's true. It's just a studio. So, you know, um, I'm, I'm working with small space, but it's taking me a lot of time. You can't come over here and put, I can put you to work. Cause I have a lot I more space. Clean. And 
a lot of closets. Andy went through the pantry today and cleaned it out. So, you know, you know, we're stir crazy when Andy starts organizing things. (laughs) (laughs) The man has many virtues, but cleaning and organizing, it's just not his thing. All right, so we woke up for some, first. Uh, we woke up to some news from the Czech government this morning. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I woke up super early this morning, um, and the first thing I saw was that all restaurants have been closed for the next ten days. Um, so in order to uh, keep people away, that whole social distancing, uh, making sure that we're not spreading germs around. Um, all restaurants and all shopping centers will be closed. Um, the grocery stores are open, pharmacies are open, drug stores are open. So any store that has an entrance to the street and has essential goods will remain open, but shopping centers, any store that's enclosed inside, then it's closed. Um, And there was a quote from one of the ministers along the lines of, yeah, you know, the kids are off of school and (laughs) they're all congregating in the shopping centers and still spreading germs. So uh, this 10-day emergency, emergency inside of the emergency, um, Mm -hmm. is to kind of keep especially young people from congregating together inside the shopping centers and keep those germs from spreading. Yeah, it seems like people aren't really getting the concept of, like, stay home. Yeah, I I think because it hasn't, it, like we said yesterday, it's kind of semi-quarantine. So it hasn't been said explicitly, as in Italy, that you have to be inside of your house 24 hours. People can still choose to go to work. People can still choose to go out on the street. Imagine that if the parent has to go to school and the kid is 15 then the kid goes to the shopping center and has McDonald's and hangs out with friends. Doesn't have McDonald's anymore. They're closed, but. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But malls and shopping centers are now closed, right? Yes. Okay. So the list of things that will remain open as I read it this morning are groceries, pharmacies, electronic stores, which I thought was interesting, Mm -hmm. fuel and gas. Uh, glasses, contact lenses, and related goods, newspapers and magazines, tobacco products, (laughs) the tobacco (laughs) will stay open. Don't cut people off from their cigarettes or else we're going to have a problem. No. Well, Philip Morris, and dry cleaning services. Yeah. Laundry and dry cleaning services and online shopping. So obviously online shopping, but. um, Yes, because ordering is still an option. So even though the restaurants are closed, I've seen that um, a lot of cafes are coming up with window options. So mm-hmm. you can still place an order and then you can go pick it up um, or you can order one of the delivery services to drop it off to you. So they're trying. Mm-hmm. And didn't you say earlier when we were talking that uh, Walt and Dami Yidlo and Uber Eats the food delivery services here are helping restaurants get signed up for delivery. Yeah. I'd read an article along those lines that um, even restaurants that aren't already available on the apps that they've been uh, working with them to get them online, to get the, their business moving through the delivery system so that they won't lose out on money during this time. Yeah. Which is great. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that uh, 
And you said Ambiante, their group has... Uh... Yeah, an Ambiante group here, which is well known for having yummy, yummy restaurants and lots of interesting um, different variety of concepts in their kind restaurants. Kind of upscale, too. Yes. Um, although you can go from anywhere from, like, traditional Czech food, which isn't that expensive in locale, yeah. all the way up to Michelin star restaurant with them, which is really interesting concept. Um, but they are keeping on their staff and they're, um, getting them to do the delivery for them. So these restaurants that wouldn't normally have a delivery service or would be available in that capacity. Cause like you said, it's a bit more upscale. They're trying to keep their employees, uh, occupied as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the news from Prague. So far, I believe the total number of um, people with coronavirus that are testing positive for COVID-19 are, it's at like 190 something. I believe the yeah, numbers are a little bit fuzzy right now because mm-hmm. um, just we're, under 200. Yeah, because there's the influx of people coming back into the country that are just now allowed to come back into the country from Italy. Um, the Czech citizens, obviously. Uh, or people who have visas here. So I imagine that number has increased so much because of the influx of people. And still zero deaths in the Czech Republic. Right. Last I read, there were two people in critical condition. um, But that's stayed stable over the last two or three days. So hopefully they are recovering. Fingers crossed. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the things that I've been reading about uh, and you've been reading about, we've had a couple discussions about this. Lots of reading going on these days. Lots of reading. I'm trying to limit my reading for my sanity, but um, but obviously if we're going to talk about things on this podcast, I got to stay abreast a little bit. Um, but we're seeing like kind of a clash, a culture clash play out in how different countries are handling the outbreak. So some countries are taking, like the Czech Republic has canceled schools, shut down restaurants and shops, and every day there seems to be a new restriction, closing their borders. Um, Yeah, I think the government at the beginning of this emergency had said they want to have um, the strongest, safest precaution um, in Europe, that was like the initial, they didn't want to become uh, a country with lots of cases. So I think right off the bat, their idea was, we're going to nip this in the bud. Mm-hmm. I haven't had a problem with it. I haven't actually even thought twice about it. Maybe, I mean, obviously I'm sitting here from a position of privilege where I get to do what I do from home. My husband also gets to do what he does from home. So kind of absorbing our daughter into our everyday lives, like her being off of school, hasn't been a hardship. Neither one of us are missing out on work or money. So from a position of privilege, I should clarify, like I I haven't had a problem with any of the things that have been going on. And I actually haven't seen any backlash from the Czech people Uh, And it feels like the government is really taking some good precautions to 
kind of ensure that the economy doesn't suffer too much. They've extended tax deadlines. They've started the process to offer businesses no interest loans for a certain amount of time. So it feels like, in my opinion, the government's doing its job. It's protecting its citizens. It's doing what it can for the economy uh, while we're experiencing all this influx of information and trying to absorb what's actually happening with with the pandemic. Um, Right. But it seems like other countries have some really strong opposition to taking these kinds of measures. Uh, The UK being one of them. Yeah, we mentioned that yesterday, um, that the the Anglo-Americans, the UK and the US, um, are approaching this in a different way. Um, And you and I uh, talk about culture all the time. That's the nature of our relationship. We met because we both started traveling as teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, we have shared that experience of being in different countries for the last 20 something years. Um, and we talk a lot about culture and comparing culture and our cultural experiences, um, across the world. Literally you've been in Africa, Asia, I've been in Asia, uh, in South America. And now we're both living in the same country as foreigners So we have this really unique experience of all these cultures that we've been comparing over the years together, but now we're in the same culture. I've been here a bit longer, so I have a bit of a different experience with it. Um, And we're able to talk about the culture that we're living in um, and what's happening. So it is interesting to see how different countries and that different cultural perspective influences how people, uh, how much people trust the government, how much people... um, are willing to accept, (laughs) I'm trying to think how to say this, Um, how how they take on information. I'll say it that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like there's a specific article that we were reading earlier today about why the UK isn't shutting down schools. Um. I I don't really know how I feel about it. I feel like there was some some thought. Obviously, there's thought behind what each country is deciding to do. But it it feels like you know they were trying they were talking about trying to balance economic needs with public health and not overwhelming the NHS system. But at the same time, mm, I don't know. It feels a little bit like. Yes. Playing dice with people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. Like it feels a lot like, I mean, to me, it feels a lot like how Italy handled, handled things. Yeah. Right. Waiting to see what happens, which is, it's the wait and see. Uh, and which, I mean, right before we um, called each other, I was looking and they've, the number of deaths have doubled. Um, they're already in double digits. Um, so the wait and see may be um, the see we kind of know, like that's what's been happening yeah. around the world. That's why we have a pandemic. Um, yeah. But yeah, it is interesting because 
like you were saying, the Czech government took really strong action from the beginning. And um, me being who I am, anyone who knows me, I was like, oh, gosh, this is feeling a little Orwellian 1984, um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, and then I started reading the science behind it. And that's really important to me. You and I, that's something um, that we share is we're a logic over emotion type processor. Um, mm -hmm. So I started reading the science behind this. And I was like, oh, okay, flatten the curve. I get it. Like, I'm on board with this. It works. This is the science behind it. This is These are the institutions that support it. Um, and like you said, the, the article that we read um, about the idea in the UK, also they're coming at it not just off the top of their heads, but they're asking experts and there is another opinion. But um, yeah, when you're dealing with people's lives, people who are um, elderly, who are vulnerable, um, it seems like a lot to bargain with. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that we're sort of seeing play out here um, is a is a cultural issue. Like, what happens when an individualistic culture is experiencing a problem, experiencing a problem that requires a collectivist solution? Right. And I'm sure that we'll put this in the show notes, but these are actual sociological terms um, that are used to describe different types of societies and the way that uh, humans organize themselves. So this isn't something that we came up with, but um, if you want to learn more about it, we'll put it in the in the notes. Um, but yeah, because like we were saying, Americans, Brits, we come from a stock of people that in general have this individualistic uh, society. That's the way it's be built. That's the way we process things. Um, anyone who's spent any amount of time in either of those countries know that people are kind of pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Um, it's competitive. Yeah. Yeah. Versus... And there are good sides to that. I mean, like we experience a lot of innovation Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is definitely not a critique that one of these systems is better than the other. Mm -hmm. um, definitely, it's just about the way that you process things, um, which... Yeah, I think it's you... just kind of hard to swallow, I think, for people who they're used to being very self-sufficient and suddenly self-sufficient, like, isn't, it, it's not going to save you, like... You can't save yourself from a pandemic, you know, in the sense that like you, I mean, if you isolate yourself and you never go anywhere, you may or you may not get the disease depending on what's going on around you. But like. Right. But it's not only about getting the disease. And that's yes. the, the challenge of this is that it's not about me getting sick. It's about my whole community dealing with the economics, the health issues, the um, education children and right you can't do that as one person mm -hmm. so yeah. versus like you said a collectivist idea <clears throat> which puts the good um, of everyone at the forefront of thought um, and the classic for uh, the collectivist community is Asia like if you start reading the sociological um, research mm -hmm. then but also 
uh, Eastern Europe had that influence as well because um, there was a very community-minded um, <laughs> regime, um, community-based. Uh, as we all know, in Eastern Europe, there was communism. And so um, actually it's shifting with generations that uh, were born after the changes, but mm -hmm. they would have been somewhere in between that um, idea. And we see that in the in the Eastern European response, the Czech Republic, uh, Slovakia, Poland, Hungary, these countries have, have um, been yeah, they're more- they're like, shut it down. Right, <laughs> more apt to react for the community um, very quickly. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it, it is interesting to like hear different people's perspective. I, I've been like in a Facebook black hole today, which I really need to not, do that um but I, you know it's it's interesting to hear the perspectives of people who feel like they're setting aside their freedoms to accommodate like what's going on with the disease like there was a a facebook commenter and at the end of her comment she said this all feels like a trial run for how many freedoms people will voluntarily abandon in the name of safety and public good and I remember feeling that way at 9-11 when the Patriot Act was rolled out. Right, and right. having that, those questions, but, you know, like I was having a conversation with Andy today and he was just like, well, it's, it's different when you're talking about having this uh, malevolent other that is, you know, like maybe you can change how they react or prevent them from doing what they're going to do um, with like military force or I don't know, you know, stopping the flow of information. But it's when it's a pandemic, it's like there's no there's no controlling it. There's no we don't even really know the extent to how this virus operates. So it's it's only been a couple of months since the first outbreak. So right. it's crazy. It's just like this unknown enemy that like you have no control over. You have no idea how it's going to react. Nobody's prepared for this. Well, I think this you... is where information is so important because um, yeah. like I said, when, when these steps started to be enacted a week ago, I did, part of my brain went, Orwell, 1984, what's happening? Yeah. Um, and then, right. like I said, then I started looking at what is the science behind this? Because you're right, you're not dealing with an organization that you can negotiate with or that you can drop a bomb on or that you can do. You're dealing with a virus, um, mm -hmm. which right. is not worried about your age or your color or your religion or anything else about you. Like, we're all in this boat together. Yeah, so no motivator. Right. So I think it's it's um, when the science or the experts are telling you, like, this is the best way to keep our community safe. And these are the steps we're going to take. And this is the limitation of those steps. Like, here's a 10 day mm -hmm. corridor. Here's a 30 day corridor. Um, that that to me is a different process than just saying we're going to go do this 
big military thing. And by the way, you can't have a private cell phone any longer because we want to track your calls. Um, there, there's not a lot yeah. of science behind that. Um, no. So, so uh, people who know me, you know me, you know that I can be the most skeptical person when it comes to things. And this is not freaking me out in that sort of way. And I hope that um, people will will feel that way. The more educated, the more they read, the more that they realize, like, we need to protect the people around us. Yeah. And we're talking about, like, a, a window of time, you know. I, I know that there are concerns beyond just education when you're talking about taking children out of schools, um, them being without healthy meals and... Uh, guidance and the the stress on parents but we're talking about an amount of time even if this lasts for a year which is you know god I can't even imagine but even if this lasts for a year these measures we're talking about an amount of time that is finite you know like we can get through this like we just have to work together we have to find other ways to support our economies we have to find other ways to help people pay bills and Mm -hmm. eat and stay healthy um without you know going overboard and hoarding toilet paper (laughs) and this is something that i have to say that i love seeing in the u.s and the uk um our anglo-saxon anglo-saxon anglo uh americans Oh, <laughs> again, the linguist in me um, is that it's people do rally around their community. Um, I've been reading a lot about the food programs. People are um, donating food for children that are going to um, be on this mandated holiday vacation uh, quarantine and that they're sending groceries home with kids, that the community is making sure that um that kids are are going to be provided for. So uh, mm-hmm. that is something good that locally I know that people are good and they rally around each other. Um, yeah, that's really but, all we can do at this point is yeah. really focus on our communities and shore up as much as we can the holes, so to speak, the things that are going to go missing and try to figure out new ways to help each other out. Yes, that's true. So something that we want to do at the end of each of our episodes is leave you with some positive thoughts, something to take away that's going to make you feel good. And I love quotes, so I'm going to do my little Tassie's 60 Seconds of Calm, and I'm going to give you a quote. And um, this is a really nice one that you may have seen on um, Facebook. It's been going around uh, from Brené Brown, and she has a really nice quote that I think sums up what we've been talking about today. So she says, surviving this crisis will take a shift in mindset, and that's tougher than we think, especially when we're afraid. Fear and anxiety can drive us to become very self-focused. This global pandemic is a real case of getting sick together or staying well together. Our choices affect everyone around us. There's no such thing as individual risk or individual wellness. This is the ultimate reminder that we are inextricably connected to each other. Turning away from collective action right now, as tempting as it is, will only generate more pain. Owning and embracing our global 
connectedness from a safe distance and thinking about others as we make choices is ironically our only path to safety for ourselves and the people we love. We can all get really shitty really fast when we're afraid. I get it. I'm using deep breaths along with my personal mantra. Try to be scared without being scary. Feel free to borrow both. They can help. It's also really normal for everyone to be on our nerves. The people who aren't following the rules, the 10 second hand washers, etc. I get that too, trust me. But like it or not, we just can't give up on people. We're all we have. Stay awkward, brave, and kind. Love each other. Spread calm. So I think that's a good way to think about it. We're all in this together. Whatever our government is doing, wherever we live, that's what your government's doing. And that's where you are. And uh, make your community a better place. Make sure people around you are safe and well taken care of. And we, we can do this. Absolutely. And one small PSA. Uh, there's a hashtag that's been circulating um, over the last few days called self-isolation help. Hashtag self-isolation help. And it's designed to offer help to those who have underlying conditions that make them more susceptible to coronavirus. For people who need help, they can use this hashtag to say what they need, whether it's dog walking, grocery pickup, anything that can help them stay in isolation so that they don't get sick and we don't put more stress on the hospitals. Um, so if if you can search that hashtag, use that hashtag to offer help and uh, just, yeah, be nice to each other. That's That's really... Kind of the main thrust of this conversation. (laughs) Have a good evening. We'll be back here tomorrow. Yeah, be kind. Be kind. We'll talk to you soon. This podcast is brought to you by the coronavirus outbreak.